Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Let's face it, retirement planning is something that most of us just don't pay enough attention to. But really, what could be more important? You may remember uh, hearing me talk with Roger Allen Friedman on a recent show. He's a chartered retirement planning counselor. And Roger has a new special report out. It's titled The Beneficiary Minefield, 19 Retirement Account Mistakes You Must Avoid. Frankly, this is a must-read for everyone with an IRA or any other type of retirement account. And Roger's special report is chock full of information to consider for your retirement planning. Read it. Study and become educated about what might be the most important topic for your future and your family's future. Find this helpful new special report online at rogeronretirement.com slash shop. That's R-O-D-G-E-R on retirement.com dash shop. Now let's get on with the program. Today, we continue along discussing the O-P-E-N-S, the OPENS formula to a joyful second half of life. And as will be apparent as we move along, today's program encompasses both the O, an optimistic outlook on life, and the P, prayer, that in a broader sense uh, means a spiritual connection to a higher power. And to begin today's program, I've got a question for you ladies especially those of you with both a family and a career or a business of your own, do you ever pause from your hectic lifestyle long enough to ask yourself, why am I doing this? And whether a single parent or married, I continually marvel at the monumental challenges you women face today, balancing work, family, and volunteer activities, earning a living, managing the home, and guiding your offspring, be they little kids, preteens, or teenagers, And how the heck do you ladies have enough drive and stamina to spend the full day of putting out fires on the job only to come home to prepare a family dinner, then become wife and mom for the next five or six hours till bedtime, not to mention that so many of us husbands leave the bulk of the housework to you. And it's not just a question of energy and willpower. As all too many of you are aware, at middle age it's so easy to get bogged down in a life without joy the strange thing about us humans, we men as well as you ladies, we often cling to the life we have now and are comfortable with, even if we're far less than satisfied, simply because uh, what we do now brings us comfort and we hate to, we're fearful and timid when we face change. Uh, But uh, here's some good news. A number of courageous, powerful women, including my guest, award-winning entrepreneur and author Connie Rankin, have survived dual challenges, a difficult upbringing, and joyless midlife burnout. And she's here to tell us how she and nine other powerful women have learned to thrive and have completed the circle by giving back to others. 
And she's also here to offer you ladies tips on how you can do the same. And Connie Rankin is a recognized leader in female empowerment and a frequent keynote speaker. She has 35 years of executive and professional experience working with Fortune 500 companies, small businesses, educational institutions, and nonprofit. She's president of CRES, a commercial real estate firm in Houston, Texas, and has been honored multiple times for helping other women and for success in real estate. And she's author of the new book, God Gave Us Wings, A Journey to Success, Theirs, Mine, and Yours. And hello, Connie Rankin, a hearty welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thank you, Roy. I think it is. But I think any age can be a good age as long as you keep moving forward. Very true. Well, let's start with your own story. In a few words, how were you able to overcome a traumatic childhood injury, abandonment by your father, family poverty, even homelessness, to become a highly successful commercial realtor and entrepreneur? As a youth and young adult, what inspired you to make such a success out of your life? You know, I think it had a lot to do with determination. I knew that I was fortunate enough that I came from a middle-class family until I was seven years old when my father left, and and then we just plummeted into poverty. Hmm. So I had a glimpse of what it looked like to have what I considered at the time to be normal, you know, to have a roof over our head, food, a mom and dad. But then when my dad left, I mean, it was tough. I mean, my mom, she had, you know, she was a housewife. She didn't have any uh, job skills. And, you know, this was back in the 60s. So, you know, women didn't have the opportunities that they have now. No, that's for sure. It's uh, so, you know, I, I I feel like I was fortunate. In some ways, people look at me and go, wow, Connie, how did you live through that? You know, it's a good question. I had didn't a, know any better at the time, I guess. I guess a lot had to do with because I did have the foundation, yeah. but then after we we my mother, my mother, God bless her soul, she's passed away, but she never let us know how bad it was. Even oh. if when we were living out of a car, she made it sound like we were camping. Yeah. So as a child, we didn't know, you know, I knew I didn't like being in the car, but I thought, okay, this this is fun. (laughs) Oh, that's that's so wonderful that your mother, even given her tough circumstances, worked to inspire you children rather than, you know, complaining incessantly or uh, taking it out on the kids or something that so many other people do. I, I feel blessed for that. But then I also had TV programs that I'm not sure if our children have today, <laughs> like Leave it to Beaver. thing. And yeah. I would watch those shows, and I would go, that will be my life when I grow up. That will be the person. I want. I will have that kind of life. And I do. Yeah. I strive to have it. That's great. Well, let's move ahead some 40 years. In your book, you reveal that around 2009, after battling back from the Great Recession, you became consumed with making money, as you put it, after years of being highly motivated, family-oriented, and spiritually enriched. All I care about was running my successful Mm -hmm. commercial real estate firm. The joy was gone and nothing Mm -hmm. else mattered, not my family, not my friends, not my community. Tell us about your aha moment. Uh, What convinced you that building your business and earning a ton of money was uh, not all there was to life? You know, unfortunately, like a lot, and it's men and women, uh, you reach a level of success and you forget why you you were striving to work so hard and and why (laughs) 
why you did what you did, and then that becomes everything. You work for joy. You work for your family. You work for your community, but somehow I lost that. I, I lost mm. that, and, and, and my aha moment was my little grandson. He was, uh, I think he was nine years old at the time. He had a baseball game, and, mm. he, and I missed it. And, and oh, no. Roy, sadly, I could have gone. I truly could have gone, and, and I tear up when I say this because it sounds, you know, it's like, what was I thinking? I could have gone, but instead I chose to work, and um, he had his first home run. And to a little oh. nine-year-old, that's that's pretty important, you know. And um, so I called him, and I said, oh, I heard you had a home run. And he said, yeah, and you weren't there. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, kids tell it like it is, don't they? <laughs> they don't hold back. And so I said, oh, well, that's okay. You'll have another one, you know, and I was trying to act like it was no big deal, but he yeah. wasn't going to let me off the hook. He said, well, never fear. In a few years, you'll be able to see him hit homers for the Astros. <laughs> yeah, that's my hope. And so then he goes, he goes, I said, well, you'll have another one. He goes, well, what if I don't? Yeah. And I'm going, wow, this kid's not letting me off the hook. And he said, that's okay, Nana. My pop-up's always there. And that my husband is just as busy as I am, but he's always there. He's okay. always yeah. there. He, he he hadn't lost the meaning of work, why okay. he works. Well, once you acknowledge to yourself that success in business and a lofty income were not enough, to whom did you turn for enlightenment and what was your request? And more surprisingly, what was the answer you received? Well, and, and, and I don't know if you have the book in front of you, but on the very back of the book, this sums it up. I said, during your darkest hour, you cry out for help. But to whom? Yeah. The police, the family, friends, or is it God? And I did the latter. I, I think out that's God. the best choice, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say <laughs> so. Uh, I got on my knees and... Uh, it wasn't immediately after, you know, my, my grandson's episode because uh, yeah. I kept hearing his words over and over in my head. Yeah. And then one morning I just said, okay, okay, you know, and I just got on my knees and I just uh, bawling like a baby and said, what's happened to me? Yeah. I have no joy. I have, yeah. I have nothing. I felt like I had nothing. I mean, to look at me, I looked like I had everything, but inside yeah. I felt empty and I felt like I had nothing. Huh. And... Then this inner voice, I tell people, you know, call me crazy or call me enlightened, but I thought I was enlightened at the moment because I heard this voice just clear as day that said, you stopped doing what was important. And that was well, and also, uh, the voice also told you to write a book, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, can you believe that? I didn't believe that. <laughs> I said, you well, you I mentioned said, three lessons you learned when you questioned God's guidance for you to write a book. What were those three? I love those three lessons. Well, you, the, you know, I wished I could remember. The last one I remember better than the first two, and it was you never laugh at God. You never, because yeah. I busted out laughing. I mean, when I heard that I was to write, you know, a book and, and Oprah Winfrey was to be included, <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, oh, this has to be the devil. <laughs> can't be God. <laughs> well, the other, the other two was you say, uh, never, ever question God. Oh, yeah. God's answer from within was, I am. And oh, I am. That's right. I forgot. I was in the shower when that came to me. Oh, yes. I, uh, and the other the one shower. was never, ever try to negotiate with God. Oh, yeah, I know no. I've tried to do that. That, that doesn't work either. I'm glad and you had that God. It's on a different plane from you and I and any other human <laughs> being in terms of knowledge and uh, expertise. Yeah, we are. 
<laughs> but yes, I was I was actually in the shower when I was laughing, and I said, uh, "How on earth would I get to Oprah?" I mean, that's literally what I said. I mean, to my inner self, I was like, "How would I get to Oprah?" And I well, just, how on the earth were you able to meet face 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 know, to face with Oprah and obtain her permission to include her story in your book? I, I'm inspired by that. Obviously, it was divine. <laughs> obviously, it was divine. <laughs> I uh, I was through. That was in May when I had the 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 divine moment that said yeah. I was to write a book and meet Oprah, and then in June I got a pop up on you know uh, Google or something that said yeah. Oprah was going to be in Houston for the oh. Like You Want weekend in October, and I knew Roy in my heart that was when I would meet her. I knew that I wasn't sure how, but. So I thought it was going to be an easier than it was, and uh, I tried to buy a VIP ticket. They were $1,000. Well, they were sold out. Yeah. Oh. I mean, sold out. As soon as the announcement came, they were sold out. Yeah, they would be. So I'm going, okay, now what? And so I just started Googling and, you know, calling people, asking everybody I knew, yeah. you know, how how can I get in, you know, to get a ticket to meet Oprah? Yeah. And everybody just laughed at me, basically. And my husband <laughs> He had some contacts with the uh, where she was actually performing. Or oh. per, I hate to say performing, but where she was having the Life yeah. You Want uh, event. She and was so, inspiring. Inspiring, yeah. So I asked him, I said, could you call your friend and just see? And, and he's going, no way, Connie. There's no way you're going to get to meet Oprah. And I said, just try, just try. So he did. He called his friend, and they said, you know, we love you, but there's no way we can get your wife in there. Sorry, you know, we can't get your wife in. So that was that was like I said, that was in June and so I didn't hear anything till October. October a week before she came in town. And uh and I was getting pretty desperate and Own magazine was offering a um a drawing for free tickets, oh. and it's not how I got in, but I did it. I mean, I did everything. I, if you were my friend, your name was on that drawing. I, everybody yeah. and their brother, I did a drawing, and did their name, <laughs> entered the drawing, and said, "You have to take me. This for two tickets. If you win, yeah. you have to take me." And everybody was in agreement. Well, <laughs> I was going to Boston that Monday, and my husband gets a call. It was, I think it was Monday. He gets a call, yeah. and they said, "You're not going to believe this. We were able to get your wife in." And I'm going, what? What? I'm leaving for Boston. How, how are we going to do this? You know? And and he said, he said, I don't know, but you're 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 in, and you're going to meet her on Saturday. Oh. So I'm going, oh my God! So I leave, I leave for Boston because it was a business uh, trip that I had to go to. I went. Yeah. I get back on Friday, and I get an email from Own Magazine that I'd won the two tickets. Oh wow! <laughs> so you think it was I am? <laughs> But then I was so impressed. You, uh, you, when you got into um, the room with a hundred other people, uh, what? Tell us what you did when you went up to Oprah. I think that's oh, that's so amazing. It, that, well, uh, it's unbelievable. When I tell people that, they're just their jaw is hanging to their feet. You know, I um, I didn't know what I was going to do, Roy. Honestly, I didn't. Yeah. I just said, you know what? I give it over to you because I really don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And there was a lady, Did I, I don't know if I included that, there was a lady in front of me that was talking to Oprah, and they had, had all her her her, uh, her uh, security guards there, you know. And so yeah. if she looked up and gave a certain look, you were gone. I mean, yeah. just like that. Well, that's what happened to the lady before me, and I thought, oh, that would be horrible. That would be horrible if that yeah. happened. So I, I thought, Lord, I'm giving it over to you. 
And next thing I know, they said, okay, it was my turn to go up and meet Oprah. And next thing I know, I just wrapped my arms around her. And, <laughs> I mean, security was all over. And Oprah looked up and just shook her head. Yeah. Shook and, her head positively, right? In a positive way, like, no, leave her alone. You know, and so I just wrapped my arms around her and she hugged me back and then we held hands and I just started telling her the story of my yeah. heart, you know, of, of writing a book called God Gave Us Wings to Empower yeah. Women. And, uh, you know, to help move them past fear into faith. And she's shaking her head, looking at me. And, and I think she was trying to read me to see if I was sincere. I was oh, sincere. Yeah. I, I really believe that. And she's yeah. still just looking at me and shaking her head. And then I said, I would like to include your story, you know, because it would you were like the mother of all women that have empowered and moved past their, you know, trauma in life yeah. and, and, and who else would would be able to empower other people, other women. And and I said, I would like your blessings and uh she shook her head and and to this day I, I am just in disbelief what I said. I said, No, no, I need you to tell me that I have your blessings. Oh. And she's still just staring at me like, hmm, okay. And she said, you have my blessings. to Well, first she said, now, what is the name of the book? And I said, God gave us wings. And why are you writing the book? And I told her again about empowering others, you know, to move past their fear into faith. And she said, you have my blessings to include my story. Well, the wonderful story about that is not only did God give you a message or, or sent you uh, the blessing to meet Oprah, but you had the courage to follow up and uh, rather than, you know, just stand there and meet her and not say anything. And that that that's so true that we we should listen to God, but we need to uh, take the initiative to follow up on what God tells us to do, because <laughs> He'll lead the way. <laughs> but not always, you know, everything just doesn't fall into our lap. So I think that's a wonderful story. But uh, well, well, your uh, stated desire that uh, all women identify their strengths and overcome obstacles. Besides Oprah, can you very briefly describe a couple of the circumstances or two or three of the other uh, courageous ladies? Well, one of the book. ladies that really left an impact on me was Latasha, and uh, oh. Latasha's one. And she originally, I I went. She's in Oklahoma, and I thought she was going to be my veteran because she she did uh, she is a veteran. And oh. but when I went out to interview her, I found out that it was much more than that, and and oh. it was. Um, she had had just a, a horrific childhood of uh, oh. of of drugs and abuse and hmm. just everything that you could imagine yeah and but her faith in god was so strong i was i was you know just in awe of her while i was interviewing her cuz i really yeah. thought it was going to be the veteran story and she shared yeah. all that but it really wasn't that and then at i think she said 8 years old she was put in a foster care And with a pastor and his wife, and she said, Connie, that, she goes, I saw such love, and I'd never felt such love. She lived with him for a year. And she said, even to the point that she said my foster mother would would brush my hair, and I had never felt such love in my whole life. And she said that was what helped me get through life and knew when I grew up that that was the life that I was going to have. Oh, that's wonderful. And it was just such, and, and if, it, it, if you read her story, you'll just, you're like, how could anybody get through that? I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know, but, and she just, 
just a darling person, just mm. tr- truly a wonderful person. She's 35 years old, and, mm. uh, you know, she's just unbelievable, has raised two children, yeah. uh, started a nonprofit. Uh, oh, her story was teen pregnancy. That was oh. where we finally, when I told you it wasn't really the veteran part, I, what I heard loud and clear was that her grandmother, her mother, and her were, had, were 14, 12, 14 years old and had a baby. Oh, and wow. the devastating effect of being that teen parent because they dropped yeah. out of school. And Well, she didn't. She was the one that stopped it and said no, and she finished school and went to college. And because of that, she's given her children. Her son has graduated college, and her oh, son wow. is about to graduate high school. Well, that's a wonderful story. There's a whole bunch of other stories from the other oh. women in there that uh, – we don't really have time to discuss, but believe me, they're they're worth reading, Bob. But uh, well, in your new book, God gave us wings. You present readers with three actionable tips they can use to overcome obstacles, including that inner voice telling us that we're not good enough. What are those three tips? Well, the one that I used regularly was to change the word "can't" to "can." And I actually, I have to give this to my fourth grade teacher. Uh, when I was a little girl, that was my favorite word, can't. And she would stand over me, and, and, and God bless her, she would say, can't never could do anything. And I would go, <laughs> I <guess> whoa. It's <laughs> like, okay, I was scared to death. <laughs> but that resonated throughout my life, Roy, yeah. that when I would tell myself can't, I would go, I'd hear that voice, can't never could do anything. And I would switch it as, yes, I can. I can do this. I like also where you tell uh, women to give themselves permission to be imperfect because you women tend to uh, focus, I think, yeah. on what you can or didn't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we do. We And, and you know, I, I, I always tell people I see everything, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and I really see it more on me than I do anyone else. I'll make excuses for everyone else, but I feel like I have no, you know, no excuse. Yeah. And I like giving, uh, and probably the most important of all is be willing to give without expecting anything in return. I yeah. like, you know, that so many people only give when they expect and that back. Is the, and that is one of the things that pay it forward. And uh, that, the, the three elements that all the women in the book had was to survive. They survived something. Some were more horrific than others, but survive, they thrived, and then they paid it forward. Yeah. And that was the joy thing. I mean, you, you have to survive, and then you thrive, but once you thri- thrive, what do you do next? <laughs> Just gather more and more money, unfortunately. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. Pack it up like I did, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this isn't too much fun. And then all of a sudden you're gone and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the next life, and the money doesn't That's buy you right. anything. You, you, well, you're going to have it buried with you, you know. <laughs> We uh, we started the nonprofit uh, Bridge Literacy now, and uh, we I'm just so excited. I haven't shared. You'll be the first for me to actually share this on radio. Is that our book is going to be used as part of the curriculum with the GED program, oh. and they have to write an essay on what the the journey of success looked like for each one of these women, and oh, which one and who they most uh, related could relate to. Oh, that's great. Well, in your blog on your website, you offer secrets Fortune 500 companies know that every woman can steal, and I don't believe any Fortune 500 CEO will be too offended if you reveal a couple of those secrets today, nor will you be arrested. Can you please offer our female listeners a few of those secrets? Well, you know, 
be ready to, well, my first one that I learned, oh, I actually had a mentor with uh, Shell Oil, and he heard mm. that I had won a award. And I, mm. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't do a press mm. release and, or, or any of that. And he said, yeah. and I'll never forget what he said. He goes, Connie, if you don't toot your own horn, you're not going to get tooted. <laughs> I was like, oh, what does that even mean? But yeah. <laughs> okay. But so that was one that, and, and women do have a tendency not, they feel like they're bragging. Yeah. And, and at least in my generation, I was raised in the South, you yeah. know, that wasn't becoming of a young lady. No. You know, that, that was not something. But if you're gonna get, if you're gonna work and you're in business, I mean, you've got to, you guys, God bless you, man. Y'all let us know what you've accomplished, and I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Ad nauseum sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Some people go overboard, even yeah. women. <laughs> but, but the part is, you know, you can do it in a way that is not nauseating. You know, you're just letting <laughs> people know that, you know, these are the things. It, you know, just like, you know, I. Sh- I shared about the the book being used as a curriculum. Yeah. That was, you know, some people could say that was bragging. Yeah, that's true. So it's but how, it's not. How, it's just telling facts and uh, who's better to reveal positive things about yourself mm-hmm. so long as they're genuine than you yourself. <laughs> well, it, it's presentation. It's all in presentation. Yeah. It's not yeah. where you're taking all the glory. And no. sometimes we have a tendency to say, I did this, I did that. And then that's boasting. That's ego that's setting in. Yeah, then, unfortunately, a lot of you women don't take credit enough. But uh, I think that's what you're saying there. So that's exactly what I'm saying. And and don't disqualify yourself. You know, that's yeah. another big thing. Um, and and I can say, being a woman in business, and I've seen this with with other ladies, and I did it in the beginning myself. I truly did is that, you know, we'd, we'd have a RFP, a request for a proposal that, you know, was had all these outlines that we had to meet. Well, say there's ten items and we could uh, we could do eight of those things, we would disqualify ourselves and yeah. not even participate. Yeah. <laughs> we could do the top eight, but the last, oh, no, we can't do those two. So, no, well, then no. find somebody else that can and bring them in or else <laughs> bone up on it, as you that's say. That's exactly, Roy, and that's what guides do, you know. And so we yeah. have to look, don't disqualify yourself. I mean, find people that can do it with you. Yeah. So, and stay in the game. You know, stay in the game, you know. Yeah. Make sure your skills and products are, are your 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 current with what's going on and what's needed in today's market and, you know, never fall in love with a deal. Yeah, you know, I like staying in the game even when, um, you know, sometimes you don't get that promotion you really wanted or something. And uh, so many people sign off and say, you know, I've had it. I'm never going any further. And uh, yet if you stay in the game, an opportunity might come your way tomorrow. You never know. Well, I can say I worked for a very large commercial real estate firm <laughs> before I started my own company. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I would have just walked out and not stayed committed to that company because I learned everything that I needed to be able to start my own firm 20 years later. Well, let's talk a bit about your best-selling book, God Gave Us Wings, A Journey to Success. There's mine and yours. As you mentioned, your book contains those real-life stories of 10 remarkably successful women, including yourself. But at the end of each chapter, you challenge your readers with a personal assignment, questions, thoughts, and more. Tell us a little bit about these assignments 
that well, makes the book ever more valuable. To, you know, at the end, because I wanted, you know, because I was, I, I was using women from different backgrounds, different age groups, uh, yeah. different ethnic groups. So I, because I wanted to touch whoever picked up that book that they could relate. They could relate yeah. to at least one of the stories in the book. So what I did, I added after you read the story, was there anything in there that, you know, prompt you to say, hey, I can do that. I, I oh. can do that. And so I, I, I put a section in there where they could write down their potential goals that they saw that maybe this lady actually did that maybe they could use. They could oh, use some of those things. And then we included each woman had their own success tips. I see. I know on your website you uh, offer a, an option for people to uh, write in their own stories as well, mm-hmm. which sounds like a great thing for people yes, to do. Yes, I mean, I'm already being prompted to, to write another book, and I, I've got some <laughs> guys that say, well, what about us guys? Can't you write a book about us? <laughs> well, as long as you don't tell me fish stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, the, the women interviewed in your book, as you point out, come from several different races, financial status, mm-hmm. ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But if there are one or two secrets that enable all of these women to live victoriously, what would they be? Are there a couple of common I, I would say the common thread is faith. Every one of them had faith. And, oh, and during yeah. their darkest hour, they called when I you know, said on the back, they didn't call yeah. the police, they didn't yeah. call the family or friends, they called on God. Yeah. That's... And, and that's what gave them the strength to be able to move on, you know, whatever, yeah. to take that next step. And, and I, I tell people, you know, you, you, you take baby steps, but those baby steps eventually will lead to huge leaps in your yeah. career or in your life or whatever you're trying to succeed. Yeah, take baby steps positively each day and and have faith Mm -hmm. that uh, the long-term future will be meaningful and uh, will serve both you and others. I think that's such a great message. Well, Connie Rankin's uh, story to conclude of uh, 10 powerful women leaves you ladies and us men, for that matter, with, in my opinion, two powerful messages. One, the key to success on your own terms accompanied by joy of living is an optimistic outlook on the future and the best way to accomplish this is to give back to others using the almost unlimited resources and talents that god has given each one of us regardless of our age background and finances and message number two the real joy of believing as connie rankin puts it in a higher power god is that you can begin to respond to life more from love than from judgment, Mm -hmm. since we're all children of God. And once you uh, move past your fear and judgment of yourself and others and into faith, you can begin to uh, soar like an eagle. And uh, don't hesitate to uh, pray to a higher power for an answer, but then truly listen for that answer and go forth in faith to respond. What's your website for somebody that uh, wants to learn more about you and your book and everything? Well, it's GodGaveUsWings.com, and uh, they'll even find on the website where I have some uh, worksheets on goal setting. And also we have Oprah's uh, top ten success tips. That they can oh, download, okay. so uh, so they can actually get a first-hand view of how what Oprah felt was the top ten success tips. Well, that's a great freebies there. Well, yeah, uh, we've got some freebies. You know, that's all good. And if they would like to know more about Bridge Literacy now, about how we're reaching out and to help other women, they can go to bridgeliteracynow.org. 
No, they can pull up information there of how and you are. Uh, I think you point out in your website that you're contributing part of the profits from your book yes, to I that am. foundation as yes, well. Yes, I so am. That's, uh, that's we say 10 percent, but I can tell you I'm probably giving more like 50 percent. Uh, we uh, for every book sold, uh, we've sold. Uh, let's see, today, in, in 30 days, I haven't checked it recently, but in 30 days, we sold over a 1,000 books, and I was so mm. excited, and so I turned around and gave 500. <laughs> I was just, you know, praise God. I wouldn't have any of it if it wasn't for God, you know? <laughs> well, your book, uh, Connie Rankin, is truly an inspiration uh, and uh, to ladies and us men as well, and I suggest that. Uh, that all of you ladies preview her book, God Gave Us Wings. That's available on that website, GodGaveUsWings.com, where you can preview it on Amazon or uh, probably other websites as well. And thank you so much, Connie, for joining us, uh, and best of success in getting that message out because Lord knows any women or men who are suffering through middle age because of fear or uh, wrapped up in themselves or... uh, just wrapped up and um, overwhelmed by day-to-day challenges, need to read that book. And you know it's never too late. No, I don't care how old too. you are. Amen. Well, that's our message. Uh, middle age can go to 70, 80, whatever, mm-hmm. as long as uh, you're young at heart and have a positive outlook on the future. Well, and, and, and I'm over middle age. I'm 63 years old, and so at age 60 is when I wrote this book. Well, that's middle age stuff. <laughs> well, if we live to 120, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Connie, for uh, joining us, and uh, best of success. Well, in your thank you, Roy. Bye bye. Bye. To close today's program, I'd like to summarize a recent special report I received from the Mayo Clinic. And by the way, Mayo saved my life with a highly effective cancer surgery back in 1989. So I have all kinds of respect for what they tell us. And this special report is titled, Staying Positive with Age. You know, at middle age, most all of you know all too well the changes age has brought to you, to your face and your body. Look in the mirror, and I'll bet the image doesn't look much like the young woman or the young man, that dashingly handsome or beautiful person that uh, used to look back at you. For you women, of course, aging and menopause go hand in hand in middle age. And no, we men don't suffer from menopause. We do lose our hair, a lot of us. But as we age as well, uh, a lot of us go through mental menopause in our 40s and 50s. And there's that diminishing vitality and a dimming outlook on our future. And as Mayo points out, the aging process differs from person to person. So don't compare yourself with anyone else. There's no timetable that every man or woman follows. Uh, And several factors influence aging. Genetics, lifestyle, and disease affect the rate at which you age. And I might add emphatically, so does your mental attitude. A negative attitude certainly contributes to aging. And obviously you can't alter your genetics. You were born with them. And you you can take steps to avoid disease, but there's always... uh, Sometimes you just can't prevent it. Germs spread and uh, people catch diseases. Uh, But what we most certainly can control is our mental attitude, our self-esteem, love, and respect for our bodies and minds, our goals and aspirations, and our outlook in the future. And here are some suggestions from Mayo Clinic. Remind yourself that that every age is a package deal. You don't gain wisdom without some wrinkles, as they put it. And growing older doesn't necessarily mean becoming static, 
nor does it automatically signal decline. Rather, the changes that come with aging can mean opportunities for new ways of thinking and doing. No one is ever too old to learn, hope, or renew. Please never forget that. And plus, you've earned the right to be selective. That's another key advantage of middle age. For many people, now is the time to finally focus on what you want what you want in life rather than what you have to do. And there's no one-size-fit-all solution uh, to staying positive with age, of course. There are many routes to happiness and a sense of purpose, as there are activities and goals to choose from. However, there are some common threads, including maintaining your health. That's a real essential, both with medical issues and in terms of living a healthy lifestyle and a positive mental attitude, keeping active and socially engaged, and taking time to cultivate mental, emotional, and spiritual health. That's so important. Here's an idea. Keep your focus on what you can do and what you want to accomplish, not on what you can't do. Very often, one of the nicest things about aging is that you begin to appreciate what really matters in life, including the small things you have previously taken for granted. Gratitude is being thankful for every experience life throws at you, even the bad ones, materially, emotionally, or spiritually. You know, research shows a daily practice of gratitude can boost your energy, improve your mood, increase optimism, and enhance well-being. And gratitude can help you accept the things you can't change. To make gratitude a habit, here are a few Mayo suggestions. Start your day with gratitude. Before you even get out of bed, make the first thought of your day one of gratitude. Take a few deep breaths and think about five people you're grateful to have in your life. One by one, send each person your silent gratitude while breathing out slowly and deeply. Start a gratitude journal. At the end of your day, jot down at least one thing within the past 24 hours uh, for which you're grateful. It can be an important event or something as simple as a good cup of coffee. I hope it's more than that. But uh, Here's another idea. Collect gratitude sayings. I know that sounds corny, but you can find poignant quotes about gratitude in novels, great speeches, and spiritual texts. And when you see one, write it down. You may want to post them on your refrigerator door, a cork board, or your car visor. And when you're having a bad day, let the quote redirect your mind. And here's a really important one. Be grateful to those you help. Thank people who seek your help. Be grateful that you're able to share your wisdom and unconditional love as a gift to others. You know, it's a genuine compliment to you to be asked to help another out, and uh, we should take it that way and be very grateful. And finally, look for positives in the negatives. Uh, There will be bad days, of course, but uh, focusing on the positive and looking for the silver lining can make even the worst days more tolerable. And here's one final piece of advice. Remember that you're far more than your body. Your greatest asset may be your common sense, sharp wit, kindness to strangers, or your bravery during tough times. Step back and think of all the things that aren't reflected in a mirror. Focus on the whole self and not on each line and sag. And spend time on relationships that buoy you and you buoy others in return. And there's no reason to spend time with people who don't make you feel good about yourself. At the same time, engage yourself in hobbies or activities that you enjoy. People who are involved in hobbies and leisure activities may be at lower risk of some health problems, Mayo says. 
and consider sharing your passions with your community. That's so essential. That's the S in our Obens formula, service to others. For example, if you enjoy, enjoy cooking or gardening, you might volunteer at your local farmer's market or a soup kitchen. Do something you're good at, not something that... Uh, you feel obligated to do but don't enjoy. And the Mayo Clinic report also offers specific advice to maintain health, maximize your time, appreciate your body, boost your memory, and get better sleep. And we will touch on each of these areas in future programs. Before I go, let me remind you that I have written a book all about reaffirmation and re-energizing at middle age. And in case you've forgotten, it's titled A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up. The subtitle is Renewal for Men and Women in Their 30s, 40s, 50s, and Beyond. Okay, most of you still in your 30s uh, probably aren't in need of my book, but I've known individuals who think and act old and tired at age 32. And in my book, I have a whole chapter on mastering common midlife transitions, including the transition to a mature body and appearance. And you can find my book on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, or my website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. It's available both in printed and electronic form, and I suggest you preview it today. And that's a Midlife Challenge, uh, Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. Now it's time for me to say goodbye for today's program. Join us again on our next program. And for God's sake, remember, middle age can be your best age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his middle age renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 